Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all of your support. At MyPillow, we not only have pillows, but we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We're offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have this exclusive offer on the standard size MyPillows, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. We also have the queen size MyPillows, regularly $79.98, now only $24.98 with your promo code. And we have the king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with your promo code. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RENEGADE or call 800-889-6817 to receive this exclusive offer. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live on this Wednesday night, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call into the show, share your thoughts and opinions about whatever is important to you, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And there's so much to talk about because, like, for the last few days, we've been getting sidetracked into other conversations that ran on for really long periods of time. And, like, yesterday, evidently, there was a school shooting, and we got involved in so many other conversations just of the moment, not reading show prep or whatever, that we never actually got into any of it. So the Gislaine-Maxwell trial, we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about the school shooting. We haven't talked about uh, the Omicron variant almost at <laughs> all. But I mean, that's, that's probably for thing. the best. Yeah. <laughs> the whole Omicron thing, just it amazes me that anyone is continuing to take it seriously at this point. It should be abundantly clear by now that there will always be a new variant of COVID-19 just like we said let's see 21 months ago when we pointed out that this is a cold virus and cold viruses evolve too quickly to develop vaccines against them and sure enough the Omicron variant despite having no scientific data whatsoever to back it you have the British health person I don't remember exactly what it is we have a we have a minister video from him I, health yeah. minister I yes think. We have a video from him that we wanted to get into last night that we never got into where he's like, if you're immunocompromised, you know, the the Omicron variant's coming. You need to get your fourth shot. It's like, but this, no, no one is saying at this point that the vaccines are going to be effective against the Omicron variant. And from what I'm seeing, a lot of these scientists are concerned that it won't be. Not, that's not to say that the vaccine is actually doing anything against the existing variants, because as far as I can tell... It's not. I think it's destroying people's immune system and it's giving them COVID or making their body unable to fight against COVID. But maybe they just need six more shots and then maybe it'll work. Maybe it's just they're not vaccinated enough. That seems to be the case with the world health with with the uh, British health minister saying you got to get your fourth shot. We'll go to that video at some point. Fourth shot. So they're already doing three shots. Yes. We, I mean, we haven't even crossed that bridge in the U.S. I think they're saying, like, at this point in the U.S., I think it's like, okay, if you're high risk, like, you can get a third one if you want, but, like, nobody's 
officially recommending that, but they're already on to their third shot. I mean, their fourth shot. We'll get to the video later, but I think it's it crazy. was. I think he said, for everyone ages 18 and up, it's time to get your third shot. But if you've already gotten your third shot and you're immunocompromised, it's time to get your fourth shot or something to that effect. But something came to my attention today. Like I said, we haven't talked about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, and that's worth talking about. But so is this. The government seems to really, really love kids. And I don't mean that in a nice, wholesome way. I mean, the government seems to be filled with pedophiles. And that's not getting talked about much as far as I can tell. Instead, they're talking about the Omicron variant and not the fact that, you know, this billionaire financier, it's unclear what uh, Jeffrey Epstein even really did to make money was arrested a year or two ago, maybe three years ago. I don't even remember now because so much has happened within the last two and a half years, most of which was just total nonsense that was irrelevant to anyone's lives, but the media just kept throwing it at us, possibly to distract us from the fact that this dude got arrested, this guy who had been rubbing elbows with some of the most powerful politicians in the world, princes, presidents, politics, uh, senators, representatives, Donald Trump, for sex trafficking of people under the age of 18 and while he was being held in jail the security camera that was overseeing his cell malfunctioned the security guards who were supposed to be checking on him every 15 minutes neglected to do so at all and he ended up quote hanging himself so that he didn't have to face trial and other than the as you mentioned before the show other than Epstein didn't kill himself trending on Facebook and in memes. Nothing ever came of it. No one ever did anything about the fact that, you know, this this prince, these presidents, these politicians, they all seem to be caught up in what appears to be a sex trafficking ring. And it's tough because it's almost like, what are we going to do about it? You know, it's 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 tough being like a quote unquote, like normal person just and going up against these people with what feels like infinite amounts of money and power, like, how do you take these people down? And, I mean, the best thing I can come up with is going on national radio and telling everybody about it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I think that's the biggest indicator that the media in the in the United States and in the world in general are nothing more than mouthpieces for the governments of the world because an independent media that actually cared about talking about things that mattered and things that were suspicious and holding governments accountable like a media organization is supposed to do would be talking about this and the fact that you know the cia has staffers committed committing sex crimes involving children not being prosecuted some of them are being fired sure but none of them are being prosecuted for it well one of them is being prosecuted for it let's start with that over the last 14 years the cia that's the central intelligence agency has secretly amassed credible evidence that at least 10 of its employees and contractors committed sexual crimes involving children. I would wager that the number is substantially higher than 10. And I'm basing that on something else found later within this article about computers at the Pentagon having child pornography on them. Hmm. Those most of, although most of these cases were referred to U.S. attorneys for prosecution, only one of the individuals was ever charged with a crime. Prosecutors sent the rest of the cases back to the CIA to handle internally, which meant that few faced consequences beyond the possible loss of their jobs and security clearances. 
That marks a striking deviation from how sex crimes involving children have been handled at other federal agencies. I don't know how true that is. But they cite the DHS and the Drug Enforcement Administration as handling uh, child sex crimes differently. But then you have the FBI, which I think in 2019 was the largest distributor of child porn on the planet. And that's not a that's not a title it's had for a single year. It's done that for a few years at least. I think the first one was 2015 or 2016. I don't recall. CIA CIA insiders say the agency resists prosecution of its staff for fear the cases will reveal state secrets. One employee had sexual contact with a two-year-old and a six-year-old. He was fired. Not prosecuted, just fired. A second employee purchased three sexually explicit videos of young girls filmed by their mothers He wasn't even fired. He resigned. A third employee estimated that he had viewed up to 1,400 sexually abusive images of children while on agency assignments. So the government paid him, basically, to look at child porn, whether the the government knew that's what they were paying him for or not. But that's what this guy was doing on the job. Well, they do knowingly pay people to basically look at look at and distribute child porn. So I wouldn't doubt me if they knew exactly what he was doing. That's a really good point. In fact, there's not a, it's not unlikely that these sexually abusive images of children that he was looking at were distributed to him by the FBI. They probably took the videos. <laughs> it's not unlikely. A contractor who arranged for sex with an undercover FBI agent posing as a child had his contract revoked. Only one of the individuals cited in these documents was charged with the crime. In that case... As in the only previous known case of a CIA staffer being charged with child sexual crimes, the employee was also under investigation for mishandling classified material. Now, they phrased that kind of badly, and they phrased it very badly. But what they mean is this employee, who was being charged with child sexual crimes, was also being charged with mishandling classified material. And there is one other example of a CIA employee being charged with child sexual crimes, And by wild coincidence, that other employee that this happened to this one time was also mishandling classified material. So they're not being prosecuted for child sexual crimes. They're being prosecuted for mishandling classified material. Because it seems like this is an acceptable thing within every single government agency. It's just normal. Based on what I'm reading here, if you work for the CIA, the worst thing that will happen to you for engaging in child sexual crimes is that you'll get fired as long as you don't mishandle classified material. That's way more serious than child sex crimes. What are your thoughts about this? There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And you should be watching us at video.freetalklive.com. It's the only streaming platform, the only video streaming platform. You don't have to worry day to day whether or not we're actually going to be there. I almost called tonight's episode of the show, The Government Loves Child Porn. But I realized that Twitch and all of these other platforms would, would, would take a look at that title 
and it, it contains those words, and they would just immediately kick us off. So I was like, all right, something less, you know, in your face then. I don't think we would have had that issue at Odyssey, though. Absolutely not. <laughs> as long as you're not actually, like, you know, uploading porn or stuff and stuff like that, because it they do have terms that you have to follow, but they're not going to ban you for medical misinformation or any of these other things like these other tech platforms have done to us. You can find our channel at video.freetalklive.com. They even let us do an all-female episode of the show, several of them, totally topless. And yeah. It was totally fine because there was nothing sexual about it. We were just sitting there talking about the news and what was happening in the world. So Odyssey is where you should be if you don't want to actually subject yourself to the censorship that you find on YouTube and Twitch and all of these other video platforms. That's video.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. We have Rob calling from Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you for taking my calls, ladies. So there was a story that came out of Nashville, New Hampshire, about a couple of weeks ago, about a former family court judge, a circuit court judge, pleaded guilty to three misdemeanors. But they were actually, there were felonies in the beginning, but she pled out to uh, three uh, misdemeanor charges of uh, uh, falsifying court documents in you know, people's case files that involved with the family and stuff. That's terrible, but it sounds like how the government does things. I mean, they they charge you with felonies and all of these other things, and then they offer you a plea deal that says, hey, instead of throwing you in prison for 25 years, if you just accept this plea deal, we'll give you a slap on the wrist. And people people do it because, I mean, it's it's tough when you're staring down the barrel of a gun and they're like, hey, we're going to throw you in prison for 10 years, or we can give you, you know, six months of probation or whatever if you just plead guilty to these misdemeanor charges. So that's that's standard for the government. So what was she doing when she was fal- falsifying these uh, family court documents? So I guess she uh, whited out a whole bunch of stuff and some different case files. And the Judicial Conduct Committee was contacted. And the Judicial, contact, the judicial Con- uh, Conduct Committee contacted the judge. The judge said, no, she didn't do this. And then the Judicial Conduct Committee found out that she had lied. Well, someone did it, right? I mean, there's whiteout on this document. Someone put it there. Right. And so rather than to go to trial and face two felony counts, she uh, accepted three misdemeanor counts. Uh, She got uh, 12 12 months suspended sentence and 100 hours of community services. You know, just a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Rob. As I said, I mean, that's that's what the government does. That's what they always do. Have you ever heard that joke where it's like, oh, the CIA just realized that they've been using black highlighters for all of these years because they're <laughs> notorious for literally just taking a black marker and like blanking out a bunch of like different words and who knows what they say. They're probably important, but they don't want you to know. It it is curious how how much these government agencies when they release these documents uh, that you know people have submitted Freedom of Information Act requests for are just what, what is the term I'm looking for here that where they do that just like blacked out yeah there, there's a term for it redacted. red redacted that's it thanks we have Matt with us here sitting back there so let's also go to Tom we have Tom from New Hampshire um, I don't know what's going on there well Tom that didn't quite work out you might want to try disconnecting and reconnecting after 
the next, I mean, call back after this segment. So anyway, thanks for the attempt there, Tom. We're talking about the CIA, however, and it's the same sort of thing here where if you're a government employee, you're just not being held accountable for anything. And we see this happen across the board, and we kind of touched on that in the last segment where like police, FBI agents, everybody, they just get away with whatever they want. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he got put on paid leave. Okay, well, you guys are still paying him. He literally got in trouble for molesting children, and that's just okay with them. But as we also mentioned, that's just the norm in the U.S. government. It is. We did hear a really good story from uh, a listener in Albuquerque last night, however, where a police chief of one town pulled someone over in another town. And, I mean, in a lot of places, like here in New Hampshire, that the cops can do that. Yeah. Right? But in New Mexico, they can't. They do have to abide by township jurisdictions and stuff like that. So the guy who pulled him over informed him, I don't have to listen to you. You don't, you don't have jurisdiction here, which led to this police chief of another town tasering the guy, putting him in handcuffs, not arresting him. Because he couldn't. Right. But detaining him nonetheless after tasing him. And that police chief is now being charged with assault and impersonating a police officer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it makes me so I mean, it's not awesome, but it's awesome that he's actually being prosecuted. It's one of my favorite police chief stories for sure. And I I just think there should be more charges brought against him. I mean, unlawful detention, um, kidnapping assault aggravated assault because it sounds like the guy was angry you don't have jurisdiction here so your response to that is to use a taser on yeah the normal people don't do that no that's you're a bit aggravated sir we need you to calm down so the cia did not answer detailed questions when asked about this but they said the agency takes all allegations of possible criminal misconduct committed by personnel seriously sure yeah they'll, they'll fire you if you get caught or they'll make you resign or whatever, engaging in these child sexual crimes. But you're not going to get prosecuted, as we mentioned pre- before, unless you're also, quote, mishandling classified material. A spokesperson for the Eastern District of Virginia, where many of the criminal referrals were sent, also did not answer detailed questions. Four former officials who are familiar with how internal investigations work told BuzzFeed News that there were many reasons that prosecutors might not pursue a criminal case. One of them familiar with the workings of the CIA's Office of the Inspector General, said the agency is concerned that in a criminal case, it could lose control of sensitive information. Because it's not like they have the ability to try these crimes in courts that aren't publicly recorded or held to public account, which, for those who don't know, is something they do all the time. The former official who reviewed the declassified Inspector General reports characterized the concern from CIA lawyers as, We can't have these people testify. They may inadvertently be forced to disclose sources and methods. Sources and methods, presumably, of how they got child pornography, which, as we mentioned, has a decent chance of having been the FBI. The official who noted the agency has a problem with child sexual images stretching back decades said they understand the need to protect sensitive and classified equities. They're not alone, though. The Department of Defense acknowledged that dozens of Pentagon staff members or contractors had such images. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. 603-283-6160 if you want to join the conversation. What do you think? Is this problem within the government as bad as we're making it out to be? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now, Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time, it's available on two exchanges. You can find links to those at intercoin.org. That's I-N-T-E-R coin.org. One of those is xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com, where you can sign up just using an email address. No KYC, no know your customer nonsense, just an email address. That's all you need to sign up. And you can then deposit different cryptocurrencies, trade them for Tether, and use that to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. So head on over to intercoin.org and check all that out. They have links to the exchanges right there. That's intercoin.org. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. I-N-T-E-R-Coin.org. We have Tom on the line again from New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of, you know, veterans and all of that stuff. Uh, but I was reading in the 26th November issue of Newsweek magazine about homeless veterans. And, you know, they mentioned something that caught my eye, and that is that uh, of all the thousands of homeless veterans that are in the VA system, a lot of them aren't getting their meds because the Veterans Administration mails them out, and these people don't have a mailing address that they can rely on because they can't afford one. And so I got in contact with Congresswoman Custer's office. Uh, She misrepresents the 2nd Congressional District of New Hampshire, she certainly doesn't represent me, but uh, she's the one elected in the 2nd District here in New Hampshire. And I uh, got her, a staffer who happens to be a veteran himself and has worked with a lot of veterans and doing casework assistance. I said, how about an act of Congress that says that uh, a veteran who declares himself to be, you know, like finding the payment uh, be a hardship can get a free post office box? Simple enough, you know. The federal government runs the postal service, and the federal government runs the VA. And I mean, I'm no fan of the military. Uh, I have sympathy for most veterans because most of them didn't realize when they were 18 years old and they enlisted they were they were signing up to be mercenaries for a horrific or they were, war machine, or they were drafted and basically kidnapped. True, but it's been a long time since that was a possibility. I mean, that yeah. was like the 60s. I mean, all the ones now were volunteers, and I have sympathy for them not understanding, you know, they were just going to fight for banks and oil companies or in Halliburton and stuff like that. So I, I sympathize with the veterans, but it really makes me wonder why anyone maintains any loyalty to the United States government when you see how it treats the people who, for better or worse, serve the interests of the United States government, put their lives at risk to serve government special interests 
And those special interests just say, okay, you're back home. Good luck. I, you have PTSD and you're missing your foot. Sorry. The best we can do is the VA. Good yeah. luck. And the VA is notorious for just providing awful, awful care. And despite that, there are plenty of people in America who want to basically expand the VA and give government control of all health care in the United States because yeah. evidently they've never heard horror stories of how bad the VA is. So, yeah, like I was saying, give them a post office box so they can get their meds. I mean, why stop there? Just give them homes, right? You, or Well, see, when I joined the labor force, then, uh, you know, I was looking over the want ads and, well, there's a job, but the buses don't go there. And there's another job, but you got to have five years experience. And what about all these union jobs working for, like, public utilities and the postal service and all of them? Uh, oh, no, Tom. We have to reserve those jobs for men who served their politicians by dropping napalm on children. And uh, yeah, right. And I couldn't. And some of them are, you know, th- when they would criticize me and the other demonstrators who would protest U.S. involvement in Central America and, you know, like a repeat of the Vietnam. Who are you to talk? You've never served your country. It's, it's like. I mean, using their line of reasoning, it's like saying that only child molesters are qualified to uh, criticize child molesters. It didn't make any sense at all. I couldn't even understand what they were getting at, is that they served their politicians by dropping napalm on children, and that makes them better than me. That I mean, they're actually l- yeah, that let's talk gone. about that for a moment. Um, you, you said these people said <laughs> you never served your country. I, I don't know about you, but I have absolutely served my country. I've never been a soldier. I've never served government special interests. I served my my country, so to speak, in quotation marks, and the people around me by fighting against those government special interests. That's doing more for the people of the United States than dropping bombs on brown kids in the Middle East is ever going to do. So yeah, those people so. didn't serve the country's interests either. They went against the country's best interests in order to protect <laughs> the best interests of corrupt government officials and people like Halliburton and oil companies uh, i see so uh yeah there's a lot of truth to that but uh, <clears throat> anyway if these people aren't getting their meds i figure well hey let's yeah. uh give them cut them a, a break and get them a post office box i, I don't so, understand the point though tom i mean if it, it's sickening really that you could serve the special interests of the most powerful government in the world the richest government in the world and in return for that, they don't even secure you a freaking roof over your head. And not to mention, there are something like 31 vacant homes for every single homeless person, not just homeless veterans, homeless people, period, in the United States. So, And I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm all for social welfare or anything like that. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm saying that these are the people, the government above everyone else should want to take care of as a way of enticing people to join the military. Hey, you join the military, we'll guarantee you for the rest of your life, you will always at least, bare minimum, have four walls and a roof over your head. Instead, it's like, we won't even give you a post office box to get your meds mailed to when you become homeless because you're suffering from PTSD and anxiety and depression and schizophrenia as a result of what we had you do in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's absolutely insane, and yet still... People enlist, and it's for that $5,000 bonus or whatever that they can use to buy a Camaro and be cool for another two years if they don't come back in a wheelchair. 
So that's my thoughts on the American military. Not to mention that's them being paid to drop bombs on innocent people around the world, by and large. Sure, they occasionally hit someone who did some bad things, but the most recent strike somewhere killed a bunch of children, and the official response from the government was, oh yeah, nothing went wrong here. This is this is exactly what was supposed to happen, but like, there were a bunch of dead kids, dude. That's but, what always happens. Yeah, the wedding that Obama bombed in Afghanistan resulted in like 17 civilian deaths or something like that. Not to mention the Doctors Without Borders hospital that was bombed. It's just it's just sickening what the American government does. And they don't seem to be losing steam here. In fact, from what I can tell from looking at Drudge Report and the major headlines, the world is heading sort of toward a crisis point between the United States and Europe and Russia and China. So all of these sparring matches that the United States government has done over the last 20, 30 years to keep its military in tip-top form, it's about to come to a heads with an actual match with China and Russia. So it's, it's not slowing down. The spending's only getting worse. You can opt out of this nonsense by using cryptocurrency. Stop using their money. It won't make their money less valuable, but it will give their money less power. They make their money less valuable. That's true. They, doing, <laughs> we don't need to do that for them. They're doing that just fine all by themselves. Something like 25% of the total U.S. money supply in all history was printed within like the last 18 months or something like that. So yeah, they're doing just fine of making their money less valuable. You should be getting out of their money. Get into gold if you must or cryptocurrency. That's what I would recommend. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, head on over to Bitcoin.com. Click getting started. Learn the basics. You can even buy some Bitcoin there. And if you don't want to buy Bitcoin, keep in mind, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy just part of one. You don't have to spend $50,000, $60,000 here. Just start getting money out of the USD and into something that the U.S. government can't inflate and can't use to pay for Lockheed Martin's bombs to drop on people. Because that's what they do with it. It's not tax dollars. It's the money that you use that they're systematically making worth less and less that's paying for all of those bombs. 603-803-2... I don't know the number. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. 603-283-6160. You can talk about the child pornography that seems to be rampant in the... Not just the American government, but worldwide involving Prince Harry or Prince Charles or Prince Andrew or the enti- or the Queen, the entire royal family. I'm just trying to upset British people at this point because I don't know or care which one of their royal family members it was. All the- of them. These people still have kings and queens and they act like that's normal. And the thing about British people, too, not to talk a bunch of smack, but I'm totally going to. Absolutely. They love the royal family. And if you, I've noticed, like, if you, just like on internet forums and stuff, if you, like, I think what there was the scandal with um, Meghan Markle and the Queen said all that, like, weird stuff about her baby because it wasn't inbred enough or something. And so all in the U.S. tabloids, we were like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, she's being racist. But if you mentioned it to British people, they'd be like, how dare you say anything about the queen and the royal family? They just, it's weird. It's yeah, and it's I, weird. It, it is weird. I totally do not get it. Their obsession with their, I, I understand, you know, the Brits, they like their tradition or whatever. They, their little cookie and 
their little <laughs> glass of hot bean juice or whatever. I understand, you know, they, they like what they like, but the, the King and Queen thing, I mean, you're just revering these people who killed a bunch of people a long time ago, had sex with their cousins repeatedly, and that that's pretty much it. That's the and whole story. Now, like, what I think of is, you know, the, like, mountain people in West Virginia, <laughs> those, like, super inbred people who literally can't even speak? Yeah. That's what I think of the royal family. Yeah. yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, they are slightly less inbred than that, I, I think, but they are They're getting there. inbred. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go to the phones. We have someone who has not called the show, as far as I'm aware, in quite a long time. We have Revaler calling from Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, darling. Lovely to talk to you. Sorry if my phone dies. Um, so um, I've been many things. I still rep nihilism to the death, even though it's a useless just thing to rep. What I want to talk about is a recent arrest of mine. I don't want to say exactly what it was for, but what I really want to specifically outline here is um, just how aghast police officers are when you call them a-holes for what they do to their faces in terms of a victimless crime. Now, I could get racial and say against another white person, but, you know, if you extrapolate this out a bit more, it does affect all people, and perhaps it does help create racial animosity amongst people, and maybe this is something that fascists are remiss of, although I still have a lot of respect for uh, my fascist friends, but go no, I I don't really have anything I want to respond with at the moment. I mean, here in New Hampshire, they're kind of used to being called Nazis and jerks and the enemy and stuff like that. But yeah, in, in most places, that's an unusual experience for cops. They're used to people, you know, being respectful and quiet and obedient. Mm-hmm. They're used to, Aria, and I don't know your other co-host, I apologize. Nikki. I do wish you... Hi. I do. I am a person who used to call here as more of a novelty, a, a very weird uh, syncretion of far left and far right, if you will, hon. primarily far right. But, um, you know, I haven't listened in a while, and it's ironic. When I was cuffed the other night, I was thinking about this very program and the people on it, the people on it who were actually very good to me, despite me being belligerent and a real uh, obscene individual to them. So that's something. However, um, yeah, what it was is, uh, I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but let's just say I refused to take some tests, allegedly, right? And I may be told, you know, the arresting officer that he looked like he was a 70-year-old leather face. He's a, a freaking a-hole. I'm watching my language. You won't have to hit the dump button. You know what's ironic about this? And I still do believe in race realism and IQ and the Jewish question and all that, but I don't care because I'm a nihilist and I realize that this is all just man-made delusory nothingness. Like Nietzsche said, it's a cadaverous abortion, whether it's Christianity, Islam, any moral system. However, ironically... Well, I mean, that's progress. Know, I mean, yeah. in the in the strictest huh. sense of the word, that's a... Yeah. yeah so we might as well be I'll, egalitarians, right? Since it doesn't mm, matter anyway. You know, I, I felt like an Antifa butthole that night. I was like, and I told the cop, like, I understand why N-word lives matter and everything Molotov, you buttholes, houses, and they should. They should. Like, I, like if your grandchildren and kids burnt alive, I would feel nothing for you. Look at you, man. This is a victimless crime. An, no, it's, it's an alleged. Listen, this is something that even the Nazis would call me a cuck about, not just for being a bit of a hey girl like you kind of, right? Not just for that. But also, I mean, I, I understand, but you know, wishing yeah. violence upon violent people doesn't solve the problem of there being too much violence. It just creates Nothing more violence. Nothing will solve it, Arya. Cho- choosing, not not res- choosing not to respond to violence will end violence. 
let me tell you what they threw. Okay, look, that you know, you're, you're a nihilist too. You have a tattooed on you, girl. What are you trying to LARP like a moral absolutist? You construct this thing because you're more of a humanist than I. Now, listen, I told them I have no problem with you putting a boot on people's necks or faces and crushing and destroying them. I just think you do it stupidly. That's why I hate you. That's why fascists hate you, right? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Aria. I will confide this to you, okay? On the air. And by the way, that's unbelievable. They banned you. What a bunch of buttholes banning you everywhere. You guys are like the most humanist people ever. You talk to Nazis, you talk to commies, you talk to straight people, LGBTQ people. What, like, it's, it's ridiculous that you're banned, by the way. But anyway, well, we're banned um, for me- medical quick. misinformation. Not any of that. Uh, oh, YouTube did delete that. the video of hippie versus Nazi. They never did anything about female hmm. versus Nazi. But they did get rid Listen, of hippie I- versus Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I still, I still am sad that you let your Telegram channel die because I, I actually think you're a wonderful human being in a lot of ways. Like, I, mean, that, I will not cuck on that. That wasn't really by choice. Was, like, uh, since yeah, March the 16th, whatever, I haven't been legally allowed to use Telegram. So um, the, okay, my bad. All right. Well, yeah. well, one day I'll get in touch with you and we'll have a, a coffee together or something in a non-date, just a girlfriend, dude, to girlfriend kind of way. Right. But listen, before what I want to say is they threw me in the hole and I don't regret it. And I use some racial slurs. Like, but look, here's the thing. I'm torn in a way sometimes, although it's all for nothing between the empathetic, more feminine side. I, I equate that with femininity, almost like Kibel uh, or Sibeli, you know, but from the galley, from the pre-Roman Christian religions, such as Robert Chacon wrote about a lot of these matriarchal religions like that part of me, you know, which is a strong part of me, despite this terrible man voice. And then the hyper masculine fashion like kind of thing. And what I've found, honestly, is that regardless if they're Antifa buttholes or they're Nazis, whether they're cool Nazis that are a little more tolerant, whether they're real Nazi a-holes that want to kill everybody who's not them, or whether they're hook noses or nog-nogs or whatever, right? I understand. All they have in common, they're all weak people who are completely beset and utterly supplicate capitalism and morality. That's all they do. Capitalism and morality. So I'm kind of like, F all of it. But I will tell you that If I didn't want to destroy it all, hypothetically, I would really love to be a part of this thing you guys are doing. If I wasn't as race realist as I am, but I don't care, but I would never impose on you. But I did think about you guys the other night in the back of that car, honestly, and I did not cuck on my beliefs and I got thrown in the hole for it. So you should know that. Well, I I appreciate that, Revaler. I mean, we are advocates of peace here. I mean, that peace is core to the entire thing that we're trying to do here. So, um... Things like retaliating against police officers and their family members. I think you said their children and their grandchildren. 100% not okay in the thing we're trying to do here. The thing we're trying to do here is foster peace and liberty and my right to live my life as I want, which requires me to allow others to live their lives as they want. That's what the Free State Project is trying to do here. That's what the liberty movement here is trying to do. Uh, you're you're not going to, strictly speaking, being a as you put it, a race realist. I would just cut out probably one. Of, I would cut out one of those syllables and just say racist. Isn't necessarily against the non-aggression principle, but it's not going to win you over any friends. Certainly, um, it wasn't being a Nazi that got Christopher Cantwell uh, fired from Free Talk Live. It was being a racist it was because those are ideas that we don't want to propagate this was long before he started advocating violence or whatever it is that he allegedly does just sheer being a racist not necessarily advocating for violence got him fired 
So a lot of the things that you stand for kind of are counter to the kind of things that we're trying to build and do here. We we like including people. We don't want to be hostile to people simply because they're different. And sure, I mean, everyone has done something that they regret. If a police officer wants to be like, hey, you know, this, what I've been doing for my career is horrible. I can't do it anymore. These people are right. This is immoral. I'm a Nazi. I'm going to change and advocate for peace. And they want to come to New Hampshire. I'm totally fine with that. But not that they want to continue advocating for violence against peaceful people. Totally not okay with that. Also not okay with just the massive amounts of child sex trafficking that we're seeing within the government and the suspicious circumstances around the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and Jeffrey Epstein's never happened trial because he killed himself while in jail. Absolutely bizarre. We're going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell when we get back because we haven't actually talked anything about that. There's so much to say. Like, I I don't want to give out any spoilers, but it's going to be a fun conversation. 603-283-6160 if you want to join it. That's 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And we're now going to talk about something that we haven't really spent much time talking about. I just love the headline here. Epstein sex slave, 14, met Trump at Mar-a-Lago and was in beauty pageant that he sponsored was learned in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial today. Now, based on what they say within this story, I don't think that sex slave is really the right way to characterize what she was to Epstein. But let's get into this, because we haven't really talked about the trial. The trial, of course, is happening right now. Regrettably, unlike the Cal Rittenhouse trial, this one is not being live-streamed, which I think is particularly unfortunate, because this one is significantly more in the public interest to find out about than anything in the Cal Rittenhouse trial, which was also significant. But this one, this is about the pedophiles who seem to run the world. So I don't think it's a coincidence that it's not out in the public as much as the Kyle Rittenhouse was. And from what I could tell, the access code that people could use to call in and listen to the audio stopped working. It was, to be fair, it was probably just overwhelmed I don't think there is 
any sort of telephone company or, I don't know, some sort of Zoom uh, phone conference feature that would allow the hundreds of thousands of people who were probably trying to listen in to actually access it and listen in. But that's all the more reason it should be live streamed to YouTube or something, which could handle that level of you know load on its servers. So the court was also told that uh, the girl, uh, being co- called just Jane apparently, once participated in a beauty pageant which was sponsored by Donald Trump. I want to know how this came up in the trial for Ghislaine Maxwell. It's well known that Donald Trump has the Mar-a-Lago result, result and it's well known that he ran a bunch of beauty pageants. So what significance does that have to the trial here? I don't know because... I can't watch it being live-streamed, and I I wouldn't even if I could. Maxwell's first accuser took the stand again this afternoon on day three of the trial in New York. Ghislaine Maxwell faces six charges of sexual abuse and trafficking over her alleged role in convicted sex offender Epstein's sick sexual, quote, pyramid scheme. Was he a convicted sex offender? I think he was in the state of Florida or something like that. I don't recall because... He managed to miraculously kill himself before he was actually tried. And that's one of Maxwell's best arguments here, in fact, is that she's being held to account for Epstein's crime because the government and the prosecutors and all of these people are upset that Epstein, quote, got away. Maxwell and Epstein are alleged to have lured in young girls and then abused them as they wowed their victims with their glamorous lifestyle. Ghislaine appeared in court flanked by her sister. That's insignificant. I don't care about that. Her lawyers begun the day by attempting to poke holes in the testimony given yesterday by Jane. During cross-examination, she was asked by Maxwell's lawyers if Epstein had ever introduced her to Trump. She agreed she had and claimed she was driven to Mar-a-Lago by Epstein in a dark green car when she was 14. Later on, she also mentioned she took part in a Trump-sponsored beauty pageant. The court heard Epstein had given her $2,000 for a dress. Why was any of this testimony admissible? It's irrelevant. Asked if she had cried about only being given $2,000, Jane replied, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't do that. I don't... Not hearing the whole thing here, they, they really needed to add some context for some of this. Why would the defense ask her... If she had cried about only getting $2,000. And that's the thing, too. Like, if you're a victim of sexual assault, generally money isn't the thing that... I mean, that would be more of, like, a prostitute thing, right? You know, like... I think it's pretty clear here that uh, she was a willing sex worker for Jeffrey Epstein in exchange for money. And uh, we're going to get further into that. And some of her testimony is just absolutely bizarre and... That's coming up. There has been no suggestion in the trial or anywhere else that Mr. Trump was aware of Epstein's sickening crimes. I tend to think he probably was aware, and that was why he distanced himself from Jeffrey Epstein. Because he did used to be friends with the guy, and then suddenly he wasn't, and he avoided him. Didn't have anything nice to say about him after that. So I tend to think Trump learned about it and was like, yeah, no, I'm out. So say what you want about Trump, but... He did at least manage to not be Bill Clinton or Prince, whoever it is, that was regularly still hanging out with Epstein. So apparently he only sticks to saying sexual comments about his own daughter. Yes. I mean, maybe that's why he wasn't interested in Epstein, because he had his daughter instead. So uh, there was no suggestion in the trial. Okay, we've said that. 
the Jane was also asked if she ever remembered being on a flight with Ghislaine's pal Prince Andrew. Okay, so it was Andrew. I've already forgotten. It's not significant. She also replied yes. Prince Andrew, of course, denies any wrongdoing over his friendship with Epstein, including strongly denying he slept with 17-year-old sex slave Virginia Roberts. They really love using the, the phrase sex slave in this article. I don't know how to tell these people this, but a prostitute isn't a sex slave. A prostitute is someone you're paying for sex. A sex slave is someone you're not paying. That's sort of the whole thing about slavery is that you don't pay them. I would think that would be a clear distinction. No, like a prostitute gets paid and a slave was kidnapped and does not get paid. But apparently these people are a little confused about that. They are deeply confused about that. It was the third time that Trump had been mentioned in the case and the second time for Andrew. Both were named yesterday alongside Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker as plane passengers by Epstein's longtime pilot. And on both occasions, the famous names were brought up by Maxwell's team during cross-examination. Multimillionaire Epstein would keep a, quote, little black book of powerful contacts as he jetted around the world, allegedly with Maxwell. Well, where is this little black book then? It's bound to exist. I suspect the FBI got it and destroyed it. It also killed itself. (laughs) Yes. So moving on here. Trump is known to have been pals with Epstein in the 90s. Why are they so fixated on Trump? It doesn't appear that Trump did anything. It was only nine. It was only 30 years ago. The reality TV star. Interesting that this article is so bizarre. Instead of referring to Trump as the former president of the United States, they refer to him as the reality TV star. Once called Epstein a terrific guy who liked younger women in a 2002 interview. But since then, Trump has distanced himself from Epstein, describing the financier's infamous private island as a cesspool. Elsewhere, defense attorneys pursued inconsistencies and apparent errors in Jane's account of the events that occurred 20 years ago when she was a teen. Now, this is this article, I don't think is actually going to get into it, but her testimony yesterday described how, you know, she would be asked to go into Epstein's back room or whatever, and her heart would sink or whatever. And then her testimony would immediately be like, so the next time I went over there, you kept going back. You can't claim that you didn't know this was going to happen to you. The first time, I'll give you that one, okay? You were surprised. You didn't know it was going to happen. You were scared, so you consented. But then you came back. You were like, okay, that wasn't so bad, and I got $2,000 or whatever, and you just kept coming back, not once, not twice, but dozens of times some of these girls went back. Well, and we do have to admit that there are ways for powerful, rich people like this to manipulate girls into doing what they want, so it's just tough because it's like, we don't really know what happens there. We just are, you know, we just know what we're being told, so it's tough to actually make... A conclusion to like, are they prostitutes? Are they sex slaves? Is the media just blowing this up because she was 14 years old? Like, well, the girl admits that she was given $2,000 by Epstein. So automatically not a sex slave, probably a prostitute from what I could tell. Maybe didn't realize that she was becoming a prostitute when she first got into it. But eventually she had to have realized that and she chose to keep doing it because she was getting something out of it. I don't know to what extent she was manipulated, but I just can't imagine in, you know, 20 years coming out and be like, man, 
that time when I was doing Free Talk Live, it was it was so terrible and it was awful, and I had a sinking feeling every time I had to go do it. But you kept going back, and you seemed to not mind it at the time. What are your thoughts? There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. to join us 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that 603-283-6160 with you tonight it's aria and nikki and you know when all of this nonsense about wearing masks and locking down and all of that nonsense began we couldn't help but mention here on the show the substantial amounts of damage this was going to do to kids who were going to become increasingly withdrawn, spend more time watching television, depressed, anxious, terrified of other human beings, not to mention the babies who are not seeing their smiling parents because their parents are wearing masks, or the you know three-year-olds who are being forced to wear masks by their allegedly well-meaning parents, substantial, or you know, just not socializing with other kids and other human beings at all. For those who don't realize that humans are social creatures, Even the loner humans are social creatures and need human contact. So we talked about this back in March of 2000, whatever it was, 2019, I guess, about how much damage this was going to do to kids. No, I guess it would have been March of 2020. Yeah, it would be 2020. It gets so confusing because it it feels like this pandemic hasn't, quote, pandemic hasn't actually been lasting the last two solid years. It feels like just one blurry year, to me at least. And especially like this past year has gone by so fast. It's December right now. I don't know if people realize this, but it is the last month out of 2021. Like, where has this year gone? Well, for it, it's complicated. For, for me, my entire year is basically... Before I got raided by the FBI and after I got raided by the FBI, because that was like a watershed moment where like on the dime, a lot of things in my life changed very, very quickly and very surprisingly. So that happened. But a year before that, it was COVID-19 that was separating the world from pre-COVID and post-COVID. But the pandemic appears to just keep going to the surprise of no one here who, you know, has always pointed out that it's a cold virus, cold viruses evolve, and the idea that you can vaccinate against this thing is absolutely ridiculous. We're going to get into that later, but as mentioned, we did point out that this was going to destroy kids' development. And Nikki, you have a story that now reveals that, hey, guess what? All of these stupid rules, they destroyed kids' development. Big surprise. And I actually pointed this out to parents in like several like town groups and just, you know, talking to people. And a lot of parents told me I was crazy, that no, this is for their for their own good and this is not gonna destroy their development and and big shocker. Yeah, it did. To anyone who knows anything about kids and who can look look at this with a rational, reasonable mind will say, Oh yes, this is it is not going to be healthy for a four-year-old child to spend the next two of their lives isolated from other human beings and not seeing their faces when they spend time with those other human beings. 
and being forced to stay six feet away from them. One of the stories we didn't get into last night that we wanted to get into was how, oh, check this out. This new study proves that social distancing actually doesn't do anything, doesn't help at all. It's too too much to talk about. Let's talk about these COVID-19 rules and how they actively harmed kids' developments. So this article says COVID rules are blamed for 23% dive in young children's development. Disturbing study shows scores in three key cognitive tests slumped between 2018 and 2021, with face masks ruled among possible culprits. Very, very likely culprits, I would suggest. Absolutely. And where they weren't at blame, staying at home in isolation was to blame. And And not being able to go to school, having, you know, we have like preschoolers who they need to be in a physical classroom or, you know, they need to be being taught by their parents. They need that like human interaction factor to be able to learn. They're they're literally young children. And yeah, we have no idea what it would do to a four year old, five year old child. Take them out of all socialization and to instead put them on a computer screen and say, hey, all of your socialization now, it's going to be done online. We act like that's just not that big of a change, but society has never done anything like that. And we had no idea what the consequences of that would be. Those of us who knew anything about psychology and child development went, hey, this is not going to end well. And of course, then you had 16 year olds killing themselves in depression and things like that. But we don't talk about that because if we just if we just saved one life from COVID-19. Yeah, we went from saving grandma to children having heart attacks really quick. And I don't know how we made that or I, I say we as in kind of the world just in general. I don't know how everybody made that leap so quickly. It, it is a shocking leap, yes, that this whole thing about saving grandma or whatever is like, okay, but, you know, this 16-year-old kid killed himself because he was depressed by the isolation and the quarantine, and oh, look, this 14-year-old boy just dropped dead of a clot of blood in his heart or whatever. So, I mean... It's all just gotten swept under the rug. Yeah, all of those, the, at, the pro athletes who are just developing heart issues, none of those people matter as long as we save grandma. Well, and it's not even like people are saying they don't matter. It's just they're completely ignoring all of this. And it's it's ridiculous. It is very selective what they ignore and what they don't. Like, the media has made it clear that it, even if you're fully vaccinated, you can be on your fourth shot. You can still get COVID-19 and you will still spread COVID-19. But yet, all of everyone acts like that's not the case. Like, Getting vaccinated is going to keep them from getting COVID. Not only can you still get and spread COVID-19, you can still die from COVID-19. Absolutely. Despite being fully vaccinated. But the media talks about it. People just don't hear it. Like all of these statements, they're well known in the media. We're not touting conspiracy theories here. We're talking about, we have news headlines that we could talk about right now of fully vaccinated people dying from COVID-19. The, the media doesn't even have to ignore it. You know, that's what people like. The media is not talking about the fact that the vaccinated people are still dying in hospitals. No, they are talking about it. That's the problem. People are just pretending like it's not happening. All of that stuff about following the science went out the window once the science started saying something that didn't agree with their religious beliefs about the vaccine. They don't want to hear about the people who are dying while still being vaccinated. To them, it's, oh, Colin Powell, he, he died because he had comorbidities, right? That's why he died of COVID-19 despite being fully vaccinated. 
Yes. And like we've been saying since the start of this, it was the fact that they had these comorbidities that was killing people when they died of COVID-19 in the first place. So what exactly did COVID-19 do if Colin Powell was going to die from COVID-19 because of these comorbidities, whether he was vaccinated or unvaccinated? The vaccine didn't do anything to keep him alive in spite of those comorbidities. So what the hell good is it? They just don't have answers to that. So they choose not to think about it. It goes against their religious beliefs. Just like if you ask a Christian, can you actually describe to me what you think heaven is like and why I would want to spend even an entire day there, much less an eternity? They don't have an answer to that. None of them can describe what heaven is going to be actually like. And if they do, they immediately realize how stupid they sound and they stop talking. The same thing with these religious people who believe in the vaccines. It's just something they refuse to think about. But it's time to think about it because you're screwing up your kids and that's probably going to be with them their entire lives. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to talk about more about how screwed up children are, not because of COVID-19, but because of governments. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Whatever is important to you, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And Rich Paul. Uh, I, I'm always going to know the guy as Rich Paul. I'm not trying to be, you know, I, I realize it screwed up as being the trans person on the show to constantly just be dead naming this dude. But I also happen to know for a fact, because I've talked with him about this before, not since March, obviously, but he does not mind being referred to as Rich Paul. And it's a, it's a little different, I'd say. Yeah, and most people know him as nobody, right? He's not allowed to make, from what I understand, any public statements whatsoever. That, But he has said stuff in the past, and he can still stay, say stuff privately that someone's like, hey, that's a really good thing. I'm going to share that with people. He just, I don't think he can ask you to share it with people or anything like that, but presumably... All the stuff he's done in the past is still there. So Bonnie has been going through some of his past work and finding quotable quotes from nobody. And tonight's is family is what you want it to be. If you want to marry four people, you should be able to marry four people. I agree entirely. And I I would extend that beyond marriage. To, To me, my family is two cats and a dog and me. And we're a happy, mostly 
Rambo hates that stupid dog. And <laughs> she is stupid. She's smart for a dog, but she's a dog. So she does have that, that, that stupidity. My cats also are fairly stupid at times, but Rainbow hates that dog. But we're still mostly a happy family. So family is whatever you want it to be. It's not what the government says it is. And it's not, you know, one man, one woman, because that's what historically has always been the case. You know, whatever works for you and the people in your life and the people who want to be in your family is what works and is your family. It's bizarre that that even has to be said, but that's the world we live in where it's just the societal norm is so common and so pervasive that people can't fathom anything else and it's bizarre that the government gets involved in marriages that's a i've like i have no you know like i would get married but i would have the government have nothing like i wouldn't get legally married because what do they have to do with me loving my significant other and wanting to marry them and you know be with them forever like that doesn't make any sense to me it is weird that you know at some point someone had to been like hey I love you and we're happy together. Let's get the government involved in our relationship. I, I mean, historically, marriage wasn't even about love. The The only people who got married in any sort of pompous ceremony that the state cared about, that the government cared about, were like kings, queens, dukes, all of those sorts of people who were royalty like the British people care so much about. Everyone else just got married in a church and that was the end of it. And they, they were doing it so they weren't sinning against God. Yeah. The, the government didn't, the king didn't say, oh, yes, I recognize your marriage. The, the church did. But at some point when separation of church didn't actually happen, and in reality what happened was church and state merged into a single organization, or excuse me, church and government merged into a single organization called the state. Suddenly the state was the arbiter of marriages, and all, all the religious person actually does is perform the ceremony on behalf of the state. But you don't even need the religious person at this point. You can just go down to the courthouse because it's a completely secular thing, which allows the government to tell you the details. They, it allows them to define your relationship. And to me, that's weird. It is weird. Let's go to the phone. So we have Bad Slave calling from New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. You're on Free Talk Live. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is, is Nikki there? It is me, Nikki. Hi, hi, We're Nikki. getting some echo there, Basley. Do you have us my, on speakerphone? or? Hello? Yeah, do you have us on speakerphone or something? Because there's some echo going on there. It's gone now, so go ahead. Sorry about What's that. on your mind tonight? Let me get a little closer. Um, well, I, I, you know, you're uh, formerly a nurse, right? Or are you still? Technically, I still have my nursing license, but I am not practicing as one at the moment, no. Now that Biden has, or yeah. the, now that the Supreme Court has suspended the vaccination requirement on healthcare workers, are you considering going back? Not for my hospital. True. They did fire you once already. And I don't think I'd be welcome back. I think, as far as like hospital per hospital goes, they can still. I think I would have. They are so short staffed right now. I would have gotten a message from my manager if I was welcome back for being unvaccinated. <laughs> so. Gonna assume I'm not welcome well, back. <laughs> I, you know, I, I am. Uh, I am. I, I'm flabbergasted that that any private entity would decide to send you packing. Uh, you know, with otherwise good uh, reports of of your performance. And it uh, is weird, right? I mean, you know. 
the only way I can make sense of this is by considering the possibility that the government was just disappointed with how not overrun the hospitals were by how not just absolutely wrecked the economy was by how absolutely not. You know, if there was an actual pandemic that was killing people in the streets, what we would see are hospitals being overcrowded, supply shortages, food stores running out of food and all of this stuff. And the government's like, crap. We told these people all about this pandemic, and then none of this stuff happened. So let's make it happen. Let's make these hospitals right. fire some of their staff so that they have to close some hospitals. And then because they yeah, have so much yeah, less it, staff and so it, many it fewer hospitals terrible. that they will be overrun, but not by COVID-19 patients, by just any level of patients. They can no longer can handle it because they have such a severely reduced this staff. Is, uh a purely destructive process that uh that it's orchestrated it's planned and orchestrated the government had to know what would happen if hospitals had to fire 20 percent of their staff because the studies were cleared they showed that the people who were still holding out for the vaccines look at this point it's not a matter of information anyone who wants a vaccine can get one easily at their local pharmacy and we were understaffed to begin with so firing all these people, and it's funny because I know people who, uh, nurses that I used to work with at the hospital that I was at, they um, were fired because they weren't vaccinated, and they actually got travel nurse positions where they're making three to four times more than they were making as a staff nurse at that hospital, and they don't have to be vaccinated. That's so that's something to look into that's if right. anybody listening is a nurse that just got fired and wants to continue in the nursing field. Look into travel nursing agencies because they might yeah, not require uh-huh. you to be vaccinated. So, so I have a question for you, Nikki. Okay. Um, the the um, you know we've had this whole thing going on with uh, with this virus, and and during all of it, do you have any inkling that uh, that that anyone of authority has ever uh, recommended that people make sure they're getting enough uh, D three and C and zinc and uh, magnesium and uh, you know because you know as as a sixty eight year old I contracted uh, the virus and uh, and I had a very mild uh, set of symptoms and I didn't have to go to the hospital you know I, I actually I, suspect I that I just sick. recently got COVID again. Uh, because I experienced most of the same symptoms, just all of my joints were sore and I was extremely tired. And it again lasted for just under a day. Didn't lose my sister's smell or taste this time. But I mean, I could also just be cold or f- random fatigue or anything like that. But, you know, that's what I would expect from someone who had had COVID-19 in the past. They get it again. Their body just immediately beats it. And that's yep. the end of it. So I don't know. I didn't bother but doing a test you, because I don't care. Do you have anything to add to that, Nikki? So to answer your first question, no, most doctors that I know of, especially ones working in the hospital, they are not recommending that people take natural supplements and vitamins. They're not recommending that people go outside and get fresh air and exercise, eat a healthy diet and drink plenty of water. They are not recommending that. They are giving people pharmaceuticals to treat COVID that, from my experience, appear to be making people sicker. Thank you for the call tonight, Bad Slave. Yeah. 
the whole eat, eat well, exercise, spend some time outside thing, all of those things that we know help keep us healthy. No one's been talking about that during this pandemic. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. If you'd like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And there's a lot of exciting stuff in the works here on Free Talk Live, one of which we're not ready to talk about yet, but things we have already put together are like the social media server. That's right. We have our own social media server where you won't be censored. You can express yourself freely and... No one's going to block you. Well, people can block you. No one's going to ban you from the platform. You can find it at social.freetalklive.com. It's, it uses Mastodon, which is a decentralized, federated kind of thing where there's a bunch of different servers in the Fediverse, they call it. I think that's what they call it. And they all sort of interplay with each other. You can interact with people on other servers as long as they're not just associated from you. It's really cool technology. It's a way of making social media decentralized and freer and therefore more open because people are worried. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey recently stepped down and people are saying that, hey, Twitter's only going to become more and more prone to censorship as time goes on. It's like, well, duh. That's the case for all of the big tech platforms. Facebook didn't start out censoring people. I don't know how to inform people of that, but they didn't. Facebook didn't used to censor content, just like MySpace didn't, but because we didn't live in the... If if MySpace was today what Facebook is, my... Tom would be censoring people just like my, just like Facebook is. Tom wouldn't do that to us. I, I tend to think he probably would. Tom with the same uh, profile picture from like 2000. <laughs> but I mean, things change, right? Google didn't start out censoring people either. Neither did YouTube. Google, once upon a time, had don't be evil as their number one principle in their, in their company's statement of principles or whatever. They actually took out... Don't be evil from their principles. And that, to me, is still one of the most mind-boggling things ever. You have a company that says it's not going to be evil, and at some point you're just like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and erase that. Let's take that out of there. Let's be evil for a while and see how that goes. Oh, they made a lot of money. But let's go to the phones. We have Sarah calling from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Uh, Am I coming through? Um, Yeah. What's on your mind? Yeah. I just want to say I have a very exciting news. Um, so the Navajo Nation, uh, parts of New Mexico and Arizona, they actually banned smoking indoors, all public indoor places. So, which means the casinos in this um, state that are on the reservation is smoke free now. Ooh, and I they- would not go to that casino. I mean, I barely even smoke anymore. But right, that's like having a casino where you can't have a drink. Well, the thing about it is that th- this happened two weeks ago. That it's a cause for celebration. It's it's going to help you quit. This is going to be a big encouragement. No, it's going to help me go to a different casino. Well, what? Tell me, what casino is left better smoking? Like Any of the ones in now. Las Vegas or Robinsonville, Mississippi? I think Atlantic City lets you smoke. 
the ones in Connecticut don't, but those are Native American owned. I think the ones in Oklahoma allow you to smoke. So there's almost all of them would be the answer to that. Um, on the reservation, so uh, but this is just the Navajo Nation. I think Navajo Nation, uh, uh, Jonathan Niv, he did that, and uh, so I guess that's that encompasses Arizona and uh, New Mexico part area. But uh, I'm really in favor of it because uh, because you know that they used to have a non-smoking section, but it was one tenth one tenth of the entire casino, and the nine tenth was a smoking area and they yeah. had all these air air vents that's how but, most casinos you know, are but here's the thing is that it's a it's a very bad marketing strategy and i wrote them a letter um about this and i called them to um to talk to the ladies and i said um what is it one out of five or six people smoke that's you you know what i mean and, and less and less people are smoking so their their um the marketing strategy is uh it's poorly it's poorly constructed because they're um they're catering to the Sarah, ma- majority a minority of the population. Sir, where do you think you know? a smoker should be allowed to smoke? Um, well, maybe inside their homes where the windows closed, they could they could just kill themselves only and don't pollute anybody else. Uh, maybe inside a car with a, a windows rolled, um, with no kids in the back. But that's a form of child abuse if you smoke with the other people and so children. You're not, you, so you don't think people should be able to smoke like outside? Um, maybe maybe smoke outside. Uh, you know what? I would like um, an enclosed closed area where they could just kill themselves faster by breathing in smoke better that way. You realize that neither vehicles nor houses are airtight right and that if, if you smoke inside that smoke is still it's not just going to hover around in the house for all eternity it's going to end up outside well i mean it's uh it's minuscule i'm going to tolerate that but i really they're banned from here uh smoking in the public parks and in the um you know outdoor bus stops uh, what if i wanted to smoke on my back porch sarah well, I mean, um, I guess that's okay. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate um, you giving me permission her to smoke property. On, my back pro- on my back porch. That means a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, unless you're not in California, and then they could they could get rid of you. I don't know what the laws are. I'm sure they, they have no, ordinances I'm not asking about the laws. I'm just, I'm just asking your opinion on whether or not I should be allowed to do that. Well, I think I could tolerate you. If I if I owned the house right next to you and you were smoking in the backyard, I would probably have to put up some kind of mask and tolerate that. You know what I mean? It it, it okay. wouldn't be all that much. Well, and I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, I think people should be able to smoke wherever they want. Like, it doesn't offend me. But, um, you know, at one point, people were smoking in hospitals. It was very common to smoke in restaurants. And now, as we move into the future, people are kind of, you know, you can't smoke in most restaurants. You definitely can't smoke anywhere on hospital property. So we're kind of moving into this world where smoking is less accepted. But I mean, to say it's, that people can't well, smoke outside or like on their property, I think that'd be ridiculous. It's interesting that you say that. And that's something that's always bugged me, right? Addiction is always, addiction is a disease. Addiction, until you talk about a nicotine addiction, at which point it's no longer a disease. It's just a filthy, disgusting habit. 
That's how society views it. Doesn't matter that, oh no, addiction's a disease. No, not when it's nicotine. When it's smoking, it's just a filthy, disgusting habit. No longer a disease. So smoking is absolutely, it's got a huge stigma already attached to it. They've already been chased out into the the cold winter streets here in New Hampshire if they want a cigarette. You can't. There are cigar bars here that will allow you to smoke inside, but the vast majority of restaurants or bars or whatever, if you want a cigarette, you have to go outside. It's five degrees out there. Yeah, could I mention something about addiction? Did you know that in New York, they're going to have a a shoot-up, a a place where you can shoot up and they take care of you if you overdose? So they're going to have, what what do you call those places? I've heard of things like that. I think they're just called Narcan stations or something. I don't, don't think they have an actual official term for them. But, I mean, Narcan should be available over the counter. I mean, especially if so you... So should insulin. Yeah. If you have a... Well, everything should realistically yeah, be available I think over so the too. counter. But especially if you have a friend who you know is hooked on heroin or whatever, and you still care about them, you don't want to just cut them out of your life completely. Sure, you won't invite them over or let them have the code to your home or anything like that, because they'll probably sell your television for heroin. But you still care about this person. You may want something on hand to prevent them from dying in the event that they happen to overdose in your presence. Or, or even a stranger. I mean, it's... Yeah, this is keen. Yeah. Southern New Hampshire and even like Southern Vermont and Massachusetts, it's it's a big thing. I actually, um, on our way to our Thanksgiving dinner, uh, we stopped at a gas station in Southern Vermont so I could use the restroom. And there was actually a sharps container in the in the restroom. And wow. they put like little pictures of lancets, like say if you were a diabetic and you were just doing a finger stick. They put little pictures of lancets on the um, Sharps container, acting like it was for like diabetics. And I'm like, listen, this is clearly for people. People were clearly shooting up in your bathroom, leaving needles in the trash, and you were afraid of the biohazard. So you put a Sharps container in there. I mean, that's not a terrible solution. I mean, you can't stop people from using your bathroom, right? And if you're in one of these places where heroin is a major problem, like it is in New Hampshire and Vermont, then the best thing you can do is not try to prevent that problem from occurring because as government should know by now even though heroin is legal people are still doing it is to have a solution in place to handle that problem like having a sharps container a needles container for those who aren't aware to dispose of their needles in when they're done with them so they don't leave them lying on the ground as a enormous biohazard to anyone who happens to be around i mean there's a reason that even your average home tattoo artist has a sharps container you don't want to mess with other people's blood. 603-283-6160. That's 283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where as share your thoughts and opinions 603-283-6160 you can talk about Kislane Maxwell the CIA not punishing people for child sex offenses unless by coincidence they also happen to have been mishandling confidential or classified information rather or you can talk about whatever you want because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live we empower you to talk about honestly any subject that you want 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. Speaking of allowing people to do that, we have Starchild calling from San Francisco. Starchild, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Hey, Nick Saria. What's on your mind today? Well, a few days ago, I caught part of the show, and um, you and I think Ian uh, were talking about the uh, wave of uh, shoplifting uh, incidents uh, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, you're talking about the, uh, the sort of flash mobs that, like, 30 to 80 people show up at a place, they just ransack it, they're in and out in just a few minutes, and they steal as much stuff as they can as quickly as they can, then they get out... And that makes it almost impossible for police to do anything about it. And it's happening all yeah. over the Bay Area. Right. Uh, which is one of the points I want to mention, because in the national news, a lot of times uh, this gets labeled as oh, just in San Francisco. It's, uh, it's actually been more of a regional thing. It's, it's not actually new. I mean, I, I recall hearing about this happening some years ago. But I if it makes you feel any better... I did recently, I didn't read the article, but I did see the headline that this happened in a completely different state. I, I want to say it was like Wisconsin or Minnesota or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's unique to the Bay Area. And that's kind of also part of my point. Um, because the uh, uh, there's a, a political dynamic to this, um, not just with uh, San Francisco, but with California. Um, California voters a few years ago passed uh, Proposition 47, which was an important criminal justice reform measure that uh, helped get uh, a lot of people out of jail who really shouldn't be there, um, people for low-level or uh, you know crimes or things that shouldn't even be crimes, uh, you know, because violating the non-aggression principle or anyone else's rights or anything. Right. We've uh, talked about this subject a number of times on the show, and I think the most recent time that Ian and I at least talked about it, we sort of came to the agreement that the real problem here is gun control and the fact that none of these businesses in San Francisco are armed or would even, or the Bay Area are armed and would even know how to do anything about, how to do anything with the gun if they were armed. Yeah, that's, that's certainly one angle to it, um, you know, but the, the the political angle is, you know, there's there's a lot of people that, uh, or I should say a vocal minority anyway, that are, uh, uh, you know, upset about uh, criminal justice reform. Uh, they're the kind of people who are campaigning against defunding the police, uh, you know, which after last year's uh, tragic incident with the murder of uh George Floyd, there was a big push to defund the police, of course. Was that and, only uh, a year ago? Wasn't that uh, like, well, a year and a half, uh, May of uh, 2020. But um, anyway. I didn't realize uh, it was that, that recent. I'm telling you, man, the last two years are so blurry. I know. It feels like longer <laughs> to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm the one that's misremembering. It's 2019. I'm the is it also true that the Bay Area just in general has a problem with thefts? I know we talked about one story where people would walk into a, a, a grocery store or any kind of store and would just steal something directly in front of employees and security guards because the security guards and employees wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah, well, you guys were talking about this one video, which has totally gone viral. Last I saw it gotten like over six million views and... Uh, uh, you know, there's basically uh, uh, someone filming uh, uh, a shoplifter who's brought his bicycle into the store and is just sweeping stuff off the shelves into a, a large bag. And he rides the bicycle out directly down this narrow aisle, like right past the woman who's filming. Uh, there was actually two people filming one of them. You can see filming in the video. Yeah, I don't know that we actually watched the from. video, um, 
but we did talk about it. You were it. describing the video. Right. Um, I, I could tell it was the same video just from how you were describing it. And uh, you, this video has fueled a lot of perceptions that this kind of thing is just rampant and super common. And it's not that common. I've never actually seen anything like that in person. Okay. Uh, well, that's good but at least. It was weird because the uh, you know, the shoplifter guy with his bike, you know, rides the bike right down the aisle directly past the security guard. The security guard just makes kind of a half-hearted swipe at the bag, doesn't get it, lets the guy proceed to ride his bike right out of the the front of the store. And uh, is the, it not true, however, that know, a lot of stores like CVS and Walgreens have just closed their businesses because they were getting robbed so often that it wasn't worth it? Uh huh. Well, you know, I, I, the main reason I wanted to call is because I actually um, wrote an article, an op-ed piece about this whole issue um, uh, that I posted not too long before uh, the, the show. Um, the date is wrong, and it actually says October, but uh, uh, it, it's a, it was posted in November, and uh, that's on the front page of LPSF.org, which is the Libertarian Party of San Francisco website. That's lpsf.org? Yes, correct. Cool. And it sounds the, like the best course of action would just be for us to direct people there to really get your fleshed out opinions on it. Because it, it's definitely hard to say a thing as succinctly and well put as one can be when one has the time to sit down and write a thing. So that's lpsf.org. That stands for org. Liberty yeah. Party of San Francisco. Libertarian, Libertarian Party of San Francisco. Um, really quick, though, because I, I know not everybody's going to go there and, and read it. I just the, the main point I want to make, in addition to Prop 47, that people are trying to make hay with over this and trying to make it sound worse than it is and more San Francisco-specific than it is, uh, is that we have a real uh, reform-minded district attorney who was elected November 2019, uh, Chase Bodine. And there's currently a recall campaign underway where they're trying to get him out of office, you know, and the police union and a bunch of other people are, are uh, you know, really uh, unhappy with him because he's for the first time uh, is it true that, accountable. Is it true that he won't uh, prosecute crimes where the amount stolen was under, I think, $950? No, that's not true. Okay. Um, what people are referring to with that is there's actually it's a state law in California that uh, theft of under $950 worth of value of merchandise is a misdemeanor. Um, so it's not even a local policy of San Francisco. It's a state policy. And uh, those kind of crimes are prosecuted locally, although Chase Bodine has in general, in keeping with his focus on uh, reducing mass incarceration and trying to get uh, more effective uh consequences for crime has been putting people into things like diversion programs and so-called restorative justice where they actually have to you know sit down and talk with their their victims and uh you know and instead of just warehousing people in jail with other criminals where they often yeah. you know become more hardened criminals right. and, and well, cost taxpayers a lot more money of course um yeah thank you so, thank you so much for the call tonight Starchild. thank you for clearing up some of those misconceptions uh, i mean obviously i've never been to san francisco i wouldn't want to go to san francisco to be totally honest it's just not not my kind of place right i like new hampshire and one of the reasons i like new hampshire is that we don't have to worry about these these flash mobs coming here because some of these idiots try this at the at the walgreens or the cvs here there's a really good chance that one of the employees is armed maybe not because of corporate policy but there's an equally good chance that just a random customer is armed absolutely 
Like back when I was allowed to actually exercise my Second Amendment right and my right to defend myself from bodily harm, I would regularly open carry everywhere I went, including right there into the CVS, even into the bank, really. Yep. And the weirdest thing I've ever experienced was going into a bank, open carrying and wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, man, two years ago, I would have been shot on sight for this. But, you know, that things change. But yeah, people in New Hampshire open carry everywhere. And even if there's not someone there open carrying, there's still a really good chance there's someone there concealed carrying. So no one's going to risk that here in New Hampshire. And that's one of the things I love most about it. Like just taking my dog for a walk through Home Depot because they're really dog friendly. I end up in conversations with complete and total strangers about guns. No other common ground to talk about. Somehow we end up talking about guns. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And before we actually had a, a fair number of callers, we were talking about how the COVID rules, as we predicted, affect kids' development, leading them to... Score, I think you said 27%, percent 23%. 23% lower on three key indicators of behavioral growth or something like that among children. According to this most recent study, I'm shocked it's only a 23% decline. I would have expected it to be significantly worse. And it's not a result of COVID-19. It's a result of the fear-mongering around COVID-19 and the way the parents treated their children Because either the government ordered them to or because the media conspiring with the government caused them to be so afraid that they decided torturing their children was worth it if it just kept grandma safe for for one more year or however long until your grandmother is going to die. So let's get back into that article. What, what What are the three key indicators that they test for in this sort of thing? So the article goes on to say social distancing measures, including face masks, are suspected of causing young children's development to have dropped by up to 23 percent during the covid pandemic. Brown University scientist penned the review in conjunction with the global consulting firm Resonance, collecting data from 1600 children and their caregivers who have been enrolled in the study since the ages of zero and five on a rolling basis. Okay, so these are extremely young children. The most most important periods of these children's lives, probably. I mean, at least until they become adulthood and they start directing their own lives. But what happens to them between the ages of zero and five are going to affect them for the rest of well, their lives. So so let's just think about this. So I'm in the midwifery field, so I work very closely with newborn babies. And we know there has been several studies done on this. If you do not have that skin to skin contact within an hour of a child being born, they have long term life lasting effects, negative effects from just not having the skin to skin contact. 
So, and then as they get older, they need to see facial expressions. You know, they haven't quite yet mastered the the language that people around them are speaking. They can kind of pick up on it, but as babies, they can't speak it themselves. And it's very important that they can see not only the faces of their immediate family, but strangers too. So now we're putting children in this weird space where they haven't developed that very important skill. And as we know, almost 80% of communication is nonverbal. So yeah, that is completely. That was one of the things about our court case against the city of Keene and the governor Sununu that I was really hoping was going to end up actually in a courtroom was we have a First Amendment right to express ourselves and 80% of all communication is nonverbal body language and facial gestures. When you're wearing a mask, you can't communicate facial gestures. The mask requirements are therefore a direct violation of one's First Amendment rights yeah. to express yourself. And not to mention children that are hearing impaired. I mean, they learn yeah. to read lips at a very young age. And most people don't sign regularly. <laughs> yeah, so. one, of my, one of my greatest reset, regrets is not... Because one of the things that kept me out of Sunday school and church was, oh, you can learn sign language instead. I was like... Great, sign me up for that if it gets me out of this nonsensical Bible study class. But I never put in the work to actually become proficient. And yeah. of course, now I don't remember. I remember like the word and, and it's, that's probably the only word I remember. It's actually easier to learn than most like spoken languages. So that's the good news if you want to get back into it. But um, anyway. as much as I would love to, I don't think I'm going to have the need for it to justify the time yeah. at this point. But I mean, if if I did back when I was 12 or 13 or whatever, so if I had learned it then, I would still at least know it now. Yeah, exactly. The problem was I didn't really learn it then. So this article goes on to say, the probe analyzed the cognitive development of the youngsters through infancy, infancy, childhood, and adolescence, and looked at how average development scores in three key areas have been affected during the COVID era. Scary that this is considered an error now. Like it's been so long that we've been dealing with this nonsense that it is now the COVID error. Well, I mean, it does kind of feel that way. I mean, I, the last two years, as I've been saying, it just feels like one giant blur that is, yeah. you know, the COVID era. And I don't know how else to look at it. It's just one gigantic mashup of time where each month just sort of bled into the other, and now years are bleeding into the other as. COVID just isn't going away and it's consuming yep. so much of people's lives and media coverage because they just refuse to accept the reality that COVID is here to stay. Yep. And governments around the world have even admitted this. I think one of the health ministers in New South Wales or some Australian government was like, look, COVID is here to stay. It's a fact of life. We're going to have to learn to live with it instead of locking down the country every single time we can't do that case. forever. Yeah. What? Well, I don't know what their plan is, but they're not going to eliminate it. And they they don't seem to be willing to accept that reality. And it's sad because for these children who were born, you know, near the beginning of COVID or right before COVID, this is all they know. And they've had these very important developmental years, you know, very negatively impacted from the results of lockdowns, mask mandates, social distancing, ripping them out of school, not allowing them to go to daycare and interact normally with other adults and children. So they're never going to get that time back and they can never get it back. 
and that's if they don't develop, you know, depression and things like that. Or become sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> so let's carry on with this article. The report found that there was a th- 23% drop in scores measuring kids' intelligence quotients since the start of the pandemic. Results showed that early learning composite means dropped by a whopping 23% from a high of just under 100 in 2019 to 77% in 2021. So can you run that by me again? It's talking about percentages. I thought it was listing IQs there when you said one. No, no, no. So um, it's just saying that before in 2019, there was a high of 100%. I don't know exactly what they're referencing here. I'm assuming they're referencing percentiles or something like that. So it was just under 100% in 2019, and it dropped to 77 in 2020. So That's it sounds a like a significant drop. In the study, researchers first analyzed 1,070 assessments administered on 605 kids prior to March 2020 when COVID lockdowns and masking began. Then a further 154 assessments from 118 kids administered between March 2020 and June 2021 during the height of the pandemic were carried out. Meanwhile, 39 children born in 2018 and 2019 were analyzed over the course of the pandemic into 2020. The team then carried out checks on three widely accepted measures of child development, the early learning composite, verbal development quotient, and non-verbal development quotient. And what they found was a 23% drop across the board. Scary stuff. If only someone could have seen it coming, that, you know, locking your kids down and putting face masks on and keeping them out of school and from interacting with other kids from going to the playground would affect them developmentally. This could have been prevented. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. If you'd like to do that, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And just want to point out again that so much of the stuff that was talked about in March, April, and May of 2020 here on Free Talk Live is actually like happening now. Like we talked about how the inflation, I, I really want to go to my Facebook post from May of 2020. 20 when I advise people to take their stimulus check, that $1,200, and use it to buy Bitcoin because there's actually a website, I think it's bitcoinstimulus.com or something like that, that will tell you if you had taken that stimulus and bought Bitcoin, how much that Bitcoin would be worth today. And it's substantially higher than whatever value you're getting from the 65 inch television or whatever that you bought with it instead. And the last I saw a screenshot of it, it was like 10000 and something dollars, something like that. It's probably a little lower now, but we we predicted the inflation. We didn't. Pre- it's not hard to predict that when the government predict, uh, prints a bunch of money and just hands it out freely to businesses and individuals and gives people, I think it was $600 a week in extra unemployment benefits just to stay home, predicting an, a economic disruption as a result of that is nothing to brag about, except for the fact that the governments and the media assured us that totally wouldn't happen. 
So if you invested that $1,200 stimulus in Bitcoin, it would have have had a 756% increase at $10,268. I, I doubt that anyone took... It's not financial advice, just a general suggestion, but I really doubt that anyone was like, you know what, that sounds like a good idea. This is $1,200 I didn't expect to have, so I'm going to use it to buy Bitcoin. But if they did do that... That's now $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, which outstrips the inflation rate by a substantial amount. So if yeah, you absolutely. Want, if you want to just not get away from inflation, but to actually get ahead of inflation, Bitcoin seems to be the way to go. Yeah, even if you just left the $1,200 in your bank account, it would be worth less right now. Yes, about 10% less at least. I mean, uh, that's because it buys less at the grocery store. Negative 10%, positive 756%. I mean... It is it is a difficult choice. <laughs> but I mean, the government has spent so long forcing people to live paycheck to, or creating the economic circumstances that cause people to live paycheck to paycheck and carry on massive amounts of debt that sadly, when people got these stimulus checks, it was probably the first time they had spare pocket money Probably in years, if yeah. ever. So I know they're still giving the extra money for people with children. And I know some people who got that check this month and was like, good, now I can buy my kids Christmas gifts. And it is sad that the U.S. government has created this economic crisis where people have to rely on $300 to be able to provide their kids with gifts for Christmas. I mean, I mean, you could just not do the christmas thing we talked about There's this that a few too. days ago where people are like oh yeah i'm i'm going into debt to buy christmas gifts this year by the average person i think it was spending almost a thousand dollars on christmas gifts and it's like dude that's insane first of all you're living paycheck to paycheck with massive amounts of debt in an economy that is actively collapsing around you yeah I don't know how these people haven't noticed the empty shelves at the grocery stores or the increase in prices, but now's not a good time to be spending $1,000 on Christmas gifts. I mean, it's tough for parents because it's like everybody's keeping up with the Joneses and it's like, you know, they love their kids and they're like, oh, my kid just wants this scooter for Christmas. And they, they just feel so much guilt attached to it because yeah. all of their family members are, you know, spending thousands of dollars on Christmas. And if their kids go to public school, you know, it's like, oh, Santa bought me an Xbox. Oh, really? Santa just bought me, you know, like a little toy, you know. So there's there's so much of that societal pressures around Christmas and even for religious people that love Jesus, like happy birthday, Jesus. It's not about that anymore. It's about consumerism and, you know, spending your last dime to make you not feel like a crappy parent, which is unfortunate. You're absolutely right. I mean, my family is all about that Jesus crap, right? I mean, they're hardcore fundamentalist Southern Baptists, but when it came to Christmas, I mean, sure, we went to church on Christmas Sunday and all of that, but that wasn't the reason we got up on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and everyone knew it. It was all about the gifts. For the older yep. people, it was about watching, it was about eating and watching us open the gifts or whatever. For but it, the it, gifts were such an integral part of the entire experience that. Jesus was really just tacked on to it. Yep. And I don't want to get super off topic, but also like parents using that as like almost like blackmail for their children. Oh, Santa's watching. You better be good or else you're going to get cold for Christmas. It's just like stuff like that. It's like, come on. I thought this was about Jesus. And now you guys are literally <laughs> blackmailing your children 
not to, you know, misbehave. It's well, I mean, so twisted. That's essentially the story of Jesus, right? You have to be yeah, good or Jesus is going to Jesus is watching into, or he's going to send you into eternal hellfire or whatever. So the the idea of just getting coal in your stocking or whatever, it's basically just Christianity repackaged for kids. Hey, and with these oil prices, you're going to want that coal. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Yeah. I can use that. No doubt. Hopefully the kids that we've been talking about who are screwed up because of the COVID-19 rules, maybe they won't be screwed up in the economic sense. Maybe they'll be able to look around at this and go, you know what, mom, instead of the Xbox, how about get me some Bitcoin? (laughs) I'm going to get my kids Bitcoin for Christmas. It would be a better gift in the long run. The kid won't appreciate it. Maybe some Monero. (laughs) That would be better, I think, than Bitcoin. I mean... Unless you're trying to give it to them as an asset or, you know, something for them to have to fall back on later on in their lives, Monero would definitely be more useful and more private. So let's talk about more about how these kids are being messed up as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, or not the pandemic, the lockdowns and the social distancing rules, the mask and all of that. It mentioned three key areas in which kids were being graded, basically, in a 23% drop among them is basically the result of the 2020-2021 pandemic freakout. So basically what they were testing them on is fine motor skills, visual reception, and expressive language skills. So those are the main ones that they're teaching that they're testing young children for. Very important things for kids to Absolutely. be able to do to yeah. participate in a society, communicate, understand body language, understand how to interact with other people. The study concluded that children born between dur- born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born pre-pandemic. In addition, the report adds, masks worn in public settings and in school or daycare settings may impact a range of early developmental v- developmental skills such as attachment, facial facial processing, and socio-emotional processing. Which makes which sense. Which is exactly what I said two years ago. Yeah, if you can't <laughs> see someone's face, it's really difficult to tell what kind of mood they're in. Yeah. I have a really dry, sarcastic sense of humor. One of the things I learned at my other job when I you know, was actually still working there and had to wear a mask was that when I cracked a joke, no one knew if I was being serious or not. And that's that's such a bad place to be in when your sense of humor is as twisted as mine and someone legit doesn't understand if you're joking or not. These were these were adults, right? Who, yeah. Who learned they all should of these, have already been developed. Right. <laughs> so I can imagine how badly it actually affected, you know, children born within the last year or the last 18 months. I actually know of some pediatric nurses, so nurses that are working with children that were drawing smiley faces on their masks oh, to wow, that's kind sad. of yeah to be like I'm I'm happy like don't be scared of me because being a young child in a hospital anyways is terrifying sure. never mind you have all these people in full gear with their face masks on and their face shields i mean that's just horrifying so these poor nurses are grasping at straws to like try to interact with these children and trying to help these children sad it is sad and it's affected children it's going to continue affecting children because no no part of this is normal and you can't raise a normal child in a society that is actively losing its mind there's more coming up stay tuned it's free talk live
about whatever you want, because that's what we do here on Freezing Off Live, is we allow you to express your thoughts and opinions on close to 200 radio stations, as well as, you know, hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners to the podcast and the video feeds and all of that. We give you a platform to express your opinions. If you value that, you should join the AMP program. You can find it, the AMPS program, rather. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. That is our new Patreon, because the old AMP program had to be retired, so we moved to Patreon, which made things a lot easier and a lot more convenient. Alaloka is tonight's amplifier. That means Alaloka is a member of the AMP program. Alaloka is actually a gold-level member, though, which is $10 per month. We don't ask that. To join the EMPS program, it only takes 5 bucks per month. It does have some cool little perks attached to it, but really the reason, the reason you should join is because you want to help Free Talk Live reach larger audiences and spread the ideas of liberty to people who otherwise just may never hear them. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Alaloka, thanks so much for your contributions. We have Jack calling from Washington. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was... Uh... Earlier, you're talking about Jesus, and I think there's a. I don't believe in organized religion. Did I say anything when, about Jesus? No, no. He, well, about Christianity, and I just think there's a difference between re- religion and Christians. There's a difference Jesus, between Jesus and Christianity too. Absolutely. I like I like Jesus. Jesus had a lot of really good stuff to say. Christians, not so much. I agree, hundred percent. I I don't know a Christian religion that I would be a part of, but I still believe in Jesus. He fought the government. I do. The, the New Hope Chapel here in Keene is extremely Christ-like in their teachings, and I've actually attended some of, well, one of their services because they had it in the middle of the lockdown. And they're like, we're, we're going to have our church service anyway. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll go. Let's do it. Well, I think a lot of folks like you that grew up in these really strict religions, which I was, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, which is actually antichrist in a lot of ways. Um, well, so is Christianity. Find... It was antichrist. In fact, they had a book that was called uh, "The Best Salesman That Ever Lived." It was a mocking of Christ. The Jehovah's Witnesses. You can Google it. I can't uh, Google it, but okay, understood. When you when you read the Bible, it's he came in, he fought the Jews, their organized religion, he fought the government. Um, he was, you know, going to whorehouses and recruiting people. The most hated people were the tax collectors, Matthew. Well, hold on. He was I, I don't recall the biblical story of Jesus visiting a, let's go with House of Ill Repute, because we are on FCC regulated radio, and I just don't want to okay. go there. He was yeah, at he least did. friends with a, a prostitute. And, you know, there yeah, there's exactly. some segments of Christianity that suggest he, they may have been more than friends. Yeah, there is, but that's not actually in the Bible. That comes also like religion. That's fabricated. Well, so is the Bible. No, it's not. Uh, it's, one, actually, it's 100% it. fabricated by human beings, and human beings decided which parts of the Bible to include and which parts yes, to not include. Absolutely. Then how can you sit there and say it's not fabricated? Because if you read it for yourself, it's a different story. It's actually the same story told but that, over and over again. But that, that's it's still fabricated, simple. though. You, you've, you've admitted that it's a book that where humans were like, yes, th- we're going to put this story in the Bible and this story not in the Bible. And then you say that's not fabricated? 
Well, then you have to step into faith, which is different from religion. Oh, so I just have to believe that it's not fabricated, and then I can ignore the fact that it. I know that it was created and compiled by human beings. You know they were found in a cave, though, man. I mean, this stuff is weird. As written down by human beings, yeah. Fair enough. There's right around, you know, 1,800, 2,000 years Look, ago. if there's an all-powerful deity with the power yeah. to create this freaking universe and the best solution this person can come up with to communicate with me is scrolls left in a cave written by people thousands of years ago, then I don't want to worship this incompetent idiot. You can worship on your own without any other man around, and I think you know that. No, because no, because such a person has yes, never communicated to me. He, for, he forgives you no matter who you are or what you are. That's what the Bible says. Not with the Catholics or the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. Yes, but why do you why do you church. believe that the Bible represents what the creator of the universe would have to say? Because I have faith, which is important. So you you just have to believe it, and that's what makes it true. Well, if you read it, and I have read it two or three times, New Testament, Old Testament's pretty messed up, I'm not going to lie. But New Testament is pretty messed up, too. The only part of the New Testament that isn't messed up are the actual words of Christ. I mean, if you actually read what Paul had to say, he was a monster, dude. He, he encouraged slaves to stay slaves, to return to their masters. That's a greater good thing. I think we're all slaves. You're a libertarian. You realize that, don't you? You, you think it's a good thing to tell a slave to return to their master and to be obedient? Do you pay taxes? I plead the fifth on that. Answer my question. <laughs> Do you think it's a good thing to tell a slave to return to their master and be obedient? No. I okay. believe that you are surviving this world, and I think God gave us a roadmap. That has nothing to do with organized religion at all. Yeah, well, the God's roadmap that you're talking about tells people, if they're slaves, to return and obey their master. That's Old Testament. No, that's New Testament. That's Paul. That's the first pope. Read the New Testament, dude. That's organized religion, man. You're saying that the Bible is the word of God, right? The word. Nothing any man does. If you read the last three... Um, so is the revelation it okay says, don't ever listen to a man jack don't ever listen to jack, hold on. Yeah. is every book of the bible the word of god yes okay so that would include the parts that paul wrote where he told people to be obedient slaves right well what scripture is that i don't remember i think it's one of the romans it's either romans one or romans two Romans also said, whatever you do is not bad, and forgive yourself. It's not what you do. It's Romans eight sixteen, I think. So Let's see. There's, anyway. there's several of these. Uh, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. Oh, where did it go? Slaves, obey your early masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart. Colossians 3. No, that's Ephesians 6, 5. Colossians 3.22 says basically the same thing. Slaves, obey your earthly masters and everything. So it's not just once. First Peter as well, so it's not just Paul. No, these are quotes. That scripture doesn't exist, my friend. I'm literally telling you the verse. You can pull out the Bible and read it right now. First Peter 2.18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. 
place. You're made. saying we're done here, Jack, because you're saying these scriptures that I'm literally giving you that you can go look up in your Bible right now simply don't exist because you want to believe that this is the word of God. And you've admitted that every book of the Bible is the word of God, even though you've also admitted that it was put together by human beings who made the decision about what was and wasn't going to be considered the word of God. Absolutely done with your double think, dude. This is the reality. Those are the books of the Bible. First Peter chapter two, 18. Just go read it. That's in the book that you're saying is the word of God. And I'm wondering this is why I loved talking about the Bible with Christians. So, and it's like, what's the difference between following Christianity or any other organized religion in worshiping the Bible? You know, like the, to me, there's True. like not really too much of a difference. Like you're still worshiping something that was written by man that we don't, we don't really, I mean, who says this is the word of God? Well, Jack does and his faith does. That's I mean, a, God didn't tell me that. That was my point initially, right? I mean, if God wants to reveal some word to me and has the power to create this massive universe that is absolutely beyond my understanding, then God could do that. As far as we can tell, the only places where that really exists is in mathematics and like pi and phi. And these are the reasons that pi and phi are tattooed on me because they seem ubiquitous throughout the entire universe. And it seems like if there's a message from the creator then the message is hidden somewhere in that. And we have to figure out what significance that has. But as far as picking random people out of the desert and saying, you, you are my chosen one and you are going to convey my message to the world because I am an idiot and this is the best way I can think of as an all-powerful, all-knowing God to communicate with others. 5,000 years from now, what I want them to do and what I don't want them to do. The whole thing is just nonsense on its face man and again if if that's what you want to believe that's fine but don't call me and say it's the word of god and then dispute what your word of god actually says when you refuse to look at it that's it for tonight we're online in the meantime you can join us on our matrix server that's chat.freetalklive.com